2011, I started looking for work, and we were looking kind of all over the place, really trying to, to narrow in and focus on the Midwest, like Chicago to Indianapolis to St. Louis, Milwaukee. We even expanded a little bit over to like Philadelphia, which isn't the Midwest, but it felt like close enough because it's like drivable. And, and I'll, I'll never forget, there were 72 churches that I sent my resume to. 72 churches that I reached out to, and I said, hey, I am Mike Francisco. I am a wonderful human being. I love working with students. You're going to love me for your church, and you have an awesome opening. Would you hire me? Would you take me in? Would you allow me to minister there with you? And I heard from, from about 10 of those churches. The other, like, 62, they just ghosted me. Like I was just hanging out, waiting to hear, and never heard a thing. And over the course of the year, I heard from about 10 churches. And one by one, each of those 10 churches said, Hey, you're not, you're not the right fit for us. And then church number 73 showed up. And it was a church right outside the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And I was excited. I'm like, that's the Midwest. Like, Colleen had gone to school in Michigan. Like, we can make that work. I'm not a Michigan fan, but if that's what's required, like, I will do that. Which was really hard to say because I root for Notre Dame. But it's not Ohio State, so it's not, like, a significant. Anyways, so I, I remember, like, they were excited about me. I was excited about them. And so I flew from San Francisco to Detroit and then got a rental car and, and drove to Ann Arbor. And I met with them on Friday night, got into the hotel, and like an hour later they picked me up and I went to a dinner with probably 15, 16 adults, parents, leaders at the church, people that were like really invested in the next generation of this church in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I thought the dinner was great. They asked me questions. It felt like a a really laid back, casual interview. I went to bed that night just being like, man, I feel like I sold them. Like, I feel like they're going to offer me this job before I go home. And then Saturday, the very next morning, I woke up and got ready to go. And then I met up with a bunch of students. And it was like their student leadership team. And I spent the morning with them. And then I spent the afternoon with their worship pastor. And then their groups pastor. And then some other people on the, the staff. And by the end of the day, I again, I was like, man, this is the right fit. Like, I feel so excited. Sunday morning, I I went to service there. It was a great service. A really great message. The worship was incredible. Uh, The worship pastor even knew somebody that I knew. It wasn't necessarily a good thing, though, I don't think, because that person wasn't the best of people. And then, the senior pastor said, hey, let's go grab dinner at my favorite lunch spot. And so we, we left the church after services, and we went and grabbed lunch, and we got into this place, and you might have heard me tell this story before. But before we even had ordered our food, we just sat down, and he says, hey, Mike, we're not going to hire you. And that just really sunk me. Like, that was a, a, a low 
point in the story for me. I felt so good about everything, and it made no sense how this guy, before we'd even ordered a meal, was going to sit here and tell me how I wasn't a good fit. And then beyond that, he wanted to finish the meal, and it was the most awkward meal of my life. If you can imagine having a meal with somebody that you know you're never going to see again, and they don't want to hire you, and they just told you you're not good enough for their spot, it was hard. And he told me after our awkward meal, like, hey, there's a nice walking path right across the street here, and I walk it when I'm upset and having a bad day. You might want to try that out. <laughs> that was super awesome. Yeah, really, a really great way to end a meal at a church where I thought I was going to be spending the next several years of my life. And, and I remember that walk back to the car in the parking garage in the car, the drive to the Detroit airport. It was so hard. Like, I'm not a crier, but I called Colleen crying because I knew that this, this was a place we were supposed to be. I felt so convinced. I was almost angry even. And so when I called Colleen and I, I remember sitting there in the car and then again in the airport just crying and saying, man, like this sucks. I can't believe this. She didn't have a whole lot to say. But we processed together that, you know, there's a church number 74 out there. And you actually, Mike, you, you actually already know church number 74. You've said no to it for so long. Your friend Dan, you know Dan, like your best man in the wedding, he's been trying to get you to come there and work with him at this church for the last year, and you've ignored it. And so as I'm sitting there in that airport, processing that, it became clear, like, I think it's time to to apply for that job there. And two months later, in June of 2012, Colleen and I were moving to Illinois to work at a church with my friend Dan. Because that's where God wanted us. That was the spot that we'd been ignoring for so long. That's where we were supposed to be. And, and the, the crazy thing is, I had been talking so much about myself over the last year. I'd been saying how awesome I was, how I'd grown youth ministries, how I'd started small groups, I'd done service projects, I'd led teams to, to St. Louis, and I'd led teams to Los Angeles, and I'd led teams to Portland, and we'd done these immersive trips, and we've done good stuff, and I've, I've been a part of a huge church with a, a pastor that's world-famous, like, I am awesome, I kept saying. Look at me. Look at how cool I am. Look at how good I am. I'm an awesome teacher. I'm an awesome youth pastor. Hire me, hire me, hire me. And all these other places said, no, no, no. But Church 74, they said yes, not because of what I had on my paper, not because of my resume and who I was and and what I had done, they said yes to me because my friend Dan vouched for me. You know, sometimes in life, uh, we reach a place where, where we realize, like, what we do, it matters. It has an impact. It makes a difference. But who we know matters more. 
right? Like, like what you do, it matters. It really does. Like what you do does make a difference. What you do does help change people's lives. What you do does make the world a better place. But really what we sometimes realize is who we know or who you know, it matters more than that. The resume of who you are is not as important as who you know and who you know that's going to vouch for you. There's, there's a lot of truth in this statement, and, and I find it just so relatable in terms of who Jesus is and how if I know Jesus, Jesus is going to vouch for me. Think about that. Like, like it doesn't matter in this, in this world like what I do. Like, I, I get to heaven... I'm standing outside and I say, look at my resume, God. Look at all that I am, God. Look at these good things I've done. Look at how many Sundays I was at church versus how many Sundays I wasn't. Look at how much I've given. Look at how much I've served. Look at how many times I've given a homeless man a place to stay or or a meal. Look at all the good I've done, God. And it doesn't matter. Because what really matters is who I know, and, and who I know is Jesus, and Jesus vouches for me and says, I know him. I know him. And he's, he's welcome here. Uh, this, is, this is an interesting passage in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, it's, it's John the Baptist. He's, he's baptizing people. And in verse 4 it says, John's clothes, they were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist, which is a normal, very like trendy way of, of wearing your clothing these days, the camel hair and the, the leather belt. His food was locusts and wild honey. honey. Like He was like a vegan to the, the fullest extent. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And it goes on to say here in verse 11 that John tells us, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me, after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. There's another one, someone that's, that's more worthy. John's using water, but this other one, he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire and, and continues in Matthew 3. Then Jesus came. This is verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now that's an interesting thing. Like John is saying like, hey, there's another one coming. And and now we're learning like, oh, it's Jesus. He's the one coming. And Jesus is saying like, I want to be baptized by John. And John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Like he's confused by this. Like why? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then John said, yes, 
John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, this is one of my favorite parts in all of Scripture. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And in verse 17, it says, A voice from heaven said, the voice of God the Father said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. This is my Son with whom I love and with him I am well pleased. Now what's, what's interesting and how I like to be reminded year after year is that at this point in the ministry of Jesus, he had done nothing. He'd never raised a, a lame man to walk. He'd never raised a dead man back to life. He never made a blind man see. He'd never driven out a spirit. He hadn't turned a couple fish and a couple loaves into a meal for thousands. He never changed water into wine. He hadn't spoken the circuit with thousands of people following him at this point. No, Jesus, to this point, he had grown up. This was the start of his ministry. He had not done anything yet. His resume was blank. He had no way of saying, like, look at me, look at how awesome I am. He was Jesus stepping into his earthly ministry. And before he had done anything, God says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. The resume of Jesus and all that he did after this, it wasn't, it wasn't the point. The point was, this is my son and I love him and he pleases me. Jesus knew the Father. And because he knew the Father, because he had a relationship with the Father, he was loved, he was a son. And with him, God was well pleased. Uh, today, some of us are, are building a resume. A resume of life. You might think of it that way. Like we're building and, and working our way towards an, an eternity with God. We think if I can just be a good enough person, if I can, if I can do enough things, if I can serve at 1128, if I can give to 1128 or other charitable causes, like I will earn my way to heaven. And it's simply not true. You cannot earn your way to heaven. Because heaven is about who you know. Heaven is about knowing the Father. Heaven is about having the Father say, This is my son. You are my son. You are my daughter. And I love you. And with you, I am well pleased. And you are welcome here. Heaven. Heaven is, is a place that we don't get into because of our resume. 
It's a place that we get into because Jesus vouches for us. Jesus says, I took their place. They acknowledged their sin. They received my forgiveness. And they've loved me. They've loved me deeply. And I vouch for them. And God, we should welcome them here. This year, 2023, stop trying to build your resume. Your identity is not tied to your resume. Your identity, who you are, it's not tied to what you do. Like what you do matters. That's important stuff. What you do points people to Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus and you're doing a lot of good, you're really just doing a lot of good in vain because what you're not doing is pointing people back to Jesus. Like who you are and what you do is, is not what's most important. Your identity is tied to who you know. And if you don't know Jesus, this year is going to be no different for you. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to end up tired. You're going to end up burned out. You're going to be frustrated, angry, saying, is there something more? I feel like my resume is complete, God, but I, I feel like I'm not there yet. But if you know Jesus... You don't have to worry about the resume. You have to worry about living in the moment, hearing from God and saying, God, I am all in with you today. And when you do that, the difference that you make is going to be exponentially greater. Because it's not just going to make a difference today, but it's going to make a difference in eternity as well. My prayer for you is that you would be able to release the the pressure and the stress and the burden of filling your resume. That that the world wouldn't be so overwhelming to you on this idea that like keep filling the resume, keep padding the resume, that you would be able to step back and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on knowing Jesus more. I'm going to focus on knowing Jesus more this year, and I'm going to trust that if I do that, I'm going to make the kind of difference that I really want to make. I'm going to make the kind of difference that God really wants me to make. And at the end of this year, you're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to feel more blessed. You're going to know a deep sense of peace. You're going to be grateful for all that was accomplished in 2023, for all that you did with God. You're going to look back and say, I'm so glad that I chose to know God more, to be deeply connected to him. And what you do, what you do is going to matter because it's going to point people back to Jesus. It's not going to pad your resume anymore. What you do matters. But who you know matters more. If you don't know Jesus today, I'd invite you and I would encourage you to say, Jesus, I am imperfect. Jesus, I I can't 
I can't develop a resume that's going to earn me your favor, that's going to allow me into these, these heavenly gates. But I realize that knowing you, I realize that your place on the cross was my payment. And I thank you for that. God, help me to know you deeply this year. Make that your prayer. And let's do life different in 2023. Amen.